Hello and welcome to this special edition of Pop Salsa. I am your host, uh, Joel, accompanied by my good friend, Ernesto. Well, accompanied in spirit, because <laughs> today we're recording, we're recording via remote. Uh, this weekend caught me by surprise. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> I don't know and about did, you. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, D23 happened this past weekend, and uh, it shows how much big of a nerd we are, because we had no we had no clue. <laughs> yeah, you you actually told uh, all me, of us, and I was like, wait, what? Yeah, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, there's just a whole bunch of fucking uh, trailers dropping, and I was like, wait, what the hell's going on? So I just you know, did a little quick Google search, and it turned out it was D23. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we got to see a lot of uh, trailers across all of uh, the Disney properties, uh, animated, uh, Lucasfilm, Marvel, and uh, and a bunch of news as well. Yeah. So let's get into it because it's a lot uh, to cover. Uh, let's start off with uh, Marvel. Why not? Might as well. It's the first yeah. thing. <laughs> so they showed a little, like... I guess they showed like some exclusive uh, info or footage about the story uh, Black uh, Black Panther or Wakanda Forever. Like you read, you saw the little summary says that it's uh, basically after King T'Challa dies, the world is trying to essentially pillage uh, Wakanda's uh, vibranium. Right, right. So, which is like, uh, can it be a little bit more on the nose? <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, and what's going to be interesting is how they're going to in- incorporate the Namor aspect mm. of it. Yeah. You know, like we've seen that uh, was there like this big Atlantean versus Wakandian war and back in the day. And now Namor's coming back for some revenge. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good. How does how does the conflict fit in it? Because I do feel like the international community taking advantage of the vibranium. Uh, it feels like a B plot. I guess, or at least an A plot and then a B plot at some point. Yeah. Like something, something's going to happen. Like how they're going to get over um, the untimely death of Chadwick Boseman. That's going to be an interesting to watch. And then the, the, from there on out, it's going to be protecting the, the, the vibranium storage and then how they're going to incorporate Namor. <laughs> so yeah. it feels like it's, it's a little, is it going to be a little too like, Oh, fuck, what's the word? Bloated? Uh, exposition. Expo- yeah, bloated, exposition heavy. Uh, it, How do it, you feel? I feel like it reminds me of Aquaman. Like, I, I, I feel yeah. like at some point it, it's going to be, they'll be tackling that, right? Because in Aquaman, his, his mm-hmm. issue was pirates, right? So I suppose the international community could take, <laughs> could basically be that. And uh, maybe at some point they create Namor's grudge. You know, I, the international well, community the, the or Wakanda? Because like in in Aquaman, uh-huh. it was basically Aquaman let uh, Black Manta's dad die, right? Yeah. For some reason, and uh, and he became Black Manta and wanted to fight him. So maybe it's along the same lines, maybe. Because do you think they'll go back to the dad being the source of all wrongdoing, like the sins of the father sort of thing? <laughs> Probably the sins of the father repaid by the the yeah. son. It could be. Um, I'm just like trying to like, especially reading the the, the plot of what the story is going to be. Is it going to be like, oh, let's blame Whitey now? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Yeah, how it's going to be. So it's it's interesting. Comes out later this year. Um, 
In December, right? December 20-something. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm interesting on who they're going to choose to be the the successor to the Black uh, Black Panther. Because we saw in the trailer that dropped last month, the final shot was somebody in a vibranium suit, like, deep getting the claws out ready to fight Namor. Yeah. yeah. So, it, it, it'll be interesting to see who, who's going to be. And I would... I was thinking like Killmonger, but didn't he yeah, die? Yeah. I, well, as much as we know, he's dead. <laughs> and yeah, he, yeah. I, I've read that it's it's pretty much Shuri. Yeah, it's Shuri? pretty much Shuri, and that she's gonna get tutored by Killmonger, who's also in the the astral plane sort of thing. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting where they the direction they take with where they go from yeah. there. Yeah, it's it's a. Uh... Like, the interest of me of watching the film is really just, like, how they're going to deal with Chadwick Boseman's death and the incorporation of of Mm -hmm. Namor. Like, those two are, like, the main factors of why, like, if I have any, or like, interest in watching it, it's going to go for that. I might not go see it in the theater, Mm -hmm. but once it comes out to Disney+, Plus, then, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a spin. Okay. You'll probably see it like four times that weekend. <laughs> I feel like this is a, a two-time movie. Oh, depending, I don't know. It's uh, like you said that aspect, how they're gonna give the mantle of Black Panther. Who are they gonna give the Black Panther? But also, just just Namor. Like I don't, I he intrigues me as a character. Yeah, it's it's the one of those characters that obviously like. The big two copy and paste from each other throughout <laughs> throughout the throughout the the entire time they've ever existed. But like how they're going to Marvel, especially this this Marvel the uh, uh, under Kevin Feige, how they're going to adapt Namor to the screen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's uh, I want to see if they use air bubbles to talk. <laughs> That's... <laughs> I want to see how they. I'm intrigued at how they're gonna do the water aspects, and because from what we saw, Wakanda gets like sacked. Yes, yeah, yeah it's it's the apocalypse coming. Right. <clears throat> Ant Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. So we didn't. There wasn't a trailer release, but there was something that a teaser shown at D23, and there's a whole bunch of uh, articles written about like this a short synopsis of what's going on, basically. Uh, Scott, along with Hope and Hank, Janet and Casey, which is Scott's daughter, are all, you know, fucking around in the quantum realm and they eventually come across Kang, Mm. which is like, it's understandable how they're going to like, well, I don't want to say understandable. It's like trying to figure out how the whole quantum realm is actually going to be explained. Cause like we saw little bits of it here and there in, in Spider-Man Loki. Yeah. Uh, we got a little bit of an explanation of it in Endgame, but really delving into it. That's going to be something that's going to be super interesting, especially since like that whole phase of Marvel hinges on this movie. Right. Yeah. It's the, it's the <laughs> first one for phase five, which starts in uh, yeah. next year. In February, February seventeenth, twenty twenty. Right. Okay. Cool. Cool. And uh, it's yeah, it's they're they're already introducing the big bad in the first movie, and it's just they're gonna go into this phase running, coming from phase four. Yeah. And yeah, seeing the quantum realm and seeing explained and how it works would be uh, very interesting. I just love the fact that it's. I think one of the things they showed was Kang holding Cassie hostage, and yeah. uh, basically Kang's like. I need you to steal something to Scott, who's basically a thief. 
<laughs> Yo, not to worry. But then can't uh-huh. you... Can't you be like, motherfucker, can't you feel it? <laughs> it has to be something that's valuable, right? Either something that's valuable or something that, I don't know. I don't think Kang would be afraid, like, you know, uh, having a third party kind of thing. You know, middleman. To yeah. blame him instead of Kang. But it's just... But, like, uh-huh. if, if Kang controls the fucking time stream, who the fuck is he afraid yeah, exactly, of? exactly, right? Exactly. <laughs> Galactus? Exactly. Galactus is always your go-to. Well, you're fair. Galactus is like giant mouth eating you. I mean, I, I could see that. Yeah. But yeah, it's... World eating. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's... Uh, it's just... They, every, all of his movies is not for his intellect or anything like that. Because what? He went to... He has a, a master's in engineering. Like from mm. MIT or some uh, some very prestigious university. And all of his movies are just, you need to steal this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, do you think... This is complete and total speculation. So, like, in the first Ant-Man, uh, the dude who played, um, fuck, was it Bump? Well, uh, the villain. What's his, oh, what's his name? Yellow Jacket. Yellow Jacket. Yellow Jacket, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking yellow. Right. I was thinking yellow. And I said, Wasp? But no, that's uh, Hope. Uh, yellow Jacket. Like, the big fear that um, Hank Pym had was that he was going to be able to use that technology to essentially, you know, access universes far beyond the understanding of man do you think and and then kang controlling the time stream do you think he's going to send uh scott lang back in time to steal the yellow jacket suit oh that would be interesting something that because like now yeah now you're going to be able to fuck around with time with the with the mcu's timeline without a doubt right yeah it it feels like it's even the name quantumania feels like it's it's going to be time traveling all across the MCU. Uh, yeah, and maybe we'll see different variants of characters that we haven't seen before. Like maybe yeah. uh, uh, Colonel America or something like that. Or That would be interesting. Yeah, yeah definitely. That's a good yeah. point. And it's I mean, now I think about it, what if Kang is afraid of himself? Him, 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 him I mean, stealing yeah, that's... something from another version of him. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's that's another that would be another good aspect because like we established in Loki that the one who remains was being able to like keep everything um, under control, but he ha- he knew a whole well that there was more of them out there that that more of him out there that would be more dangerous. Right. Yeah, yeah, that would be so, annoying as hell. Always like you're you're the, yeah. basically the big bad and. The only ones you're going to fight is versions of you. Of, you, of, yourself. of yourself. Do you think he's going to look like Kang from the comics? Yeah. Yeah, from what we've from what we've seen. Purple. I don't know. I haven't seen a colored one of his uh, original costume in the MCU. But yeah, I, the, would it translate well? Like that kind of very... Because in the comics, it's, you know, you have to take advantage of the ink and how vibrant the colors look. So do you see this being in the same in the movies in the MCU? Um, I mean, I've, I feel like they've done a pretty decent job of replicating, you know, the, the costumes from from the page to the screen, you know. So I, I would imagine like it's not probably not he's not going to have like a skirt or anything <laughs> like that, but he's probably going to have like the color scheme might be there. Mm, yeah, that's fair. Because at least Thanos, uh, like he his is a little not muted, but, you know, toned down compared to what he wears yeah. usually in the comics. So, the, yeah, that's true. The shoulder pads. We'll see him flying. <laughs> His helicopter. <laughs> Thanos copter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, 
Yeah, so as of now, uh, they also showed, it says here in the article, that they also showed a little bit of Bill Murray's character. Like, do you know who he play, who he's I playing? I have no idea. I didn't even know Bill Murray was in it, to be honest with you. Bill fucking yeah, Murray, like, he's he's very picky with his parts, so it, there's a part where he wants to be in. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's funny, like, because, like, it's, a well, it's pretty well known that uh, Bill Murray has a, a voicemail setup. <laughs> He doesn't take any meetings or anything like that. So if you have a movie idea, you just call his voicemail and pitch it to him. Can you imagine like somebody from the fucking MCU calling him up? He's like, "Hey, Bill, I got this uh, this, <laughs> this part for you in um, in the uh, Ant Man. You <laughs> he call me back, <laughs> right? Like Kevin Feige, uh, essentially. <laughs> yeah. <bending the> knee <laughs> when it comes. <laughs> I can just imagine, just like Bill Murray sitting in his lawn, in his in his in his lazy boy drinking beer as the fucking um, <laughs> the the answering machine call like plays the tape or something, and it's Kevin Feige calling him like four or five times. <laughs> Come on, pick up! <laughs> I know you're there. <laughs> I, I would like to think that it was it was a badass call. Maybe he just said two lines, yeah. like time traveling ant or something like. <laughs> or something just, just ridiculous yeah. or just like 10 billion dollars or something like <laughs> yeah <laughs> that would be funny um in other news we finally have a director for the fantastic four film yeah uh it's wandavision director matt shackman which wasn't he kind of already like announced like Pseudo? Yes, no, pseudo. not really confirmed like earlier. Yeah, that was very yeah right. And um, no surprise, he is he is the, the fantastic. Form. Yeah. But that comes out in two years, bro. So I how know. does that? Uh, how do you feel about him being a the director? Um, I would have to see who who's going to write the script, mm. just because like going based solely off of WandaVision, the first few episodes were just just a, a pain to watch. In a, in a sense, like, I don't want to say pain, I guess, probably too much of a harsh word. Yeah, it was a little dragging, you know, it's like, it, it leaned into, like, that sitcom-esque, uh, too, a little bit too much, and then once it finally started rolling, it, it started to roll. Mm-hmm. Holy shit, my, my chair. There you go. Once it started to roll, it picked up speed, so I'm hoping, like, if you could get a good enough uh, script writer for, for the film, then... It, there's no way it's not going to be like another smash hit from for Marvel, especially being like the first family. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so excited for this one. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I do, I do yeah. see have uh, from WandaVision. There's a lot of colors. Like I'm not mm-hmm. just black and white, but a lot of vibrancy to it. And he does care. It feels like he does care about attention to detail in terms of especially with TV. Uh, so maybe uh, we'll see a more kind of vibrant looking Fantastic Four. Yeah, I mean, like, um, you know what would be cool if they, they put them in the white uniform? Mm, the Future Foundation stuff. I think. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool, right? Yeah, that right? would be really cool. Like, if, there, if there's, like, a sequence in the film where, where they're, like, testing the fucking, um, their powers and shit, and they're trying to figure out what to wear, and they just show up with a white jumpsuit. Yeah. <laughs> it would, that'd be pretty it cool. It would have to be, I feel like, especially introducing these characters you have to have them a little bit developed by themselves you know what i mean you can't just have them like oh yeah. there's this family going to space <laughs> you it, it does make sense for them to have a foundation already be experimenting and then uh, by the end they become the fantastic 
do you think they're going to, uh, in one way or another, appear uh, on in Ant Man? Yeah, they would. They would definitely have to be right. They would have to like sprinkled around and stuff like that. Yeah, some something like hinting towards them, you know, like as fucking Scott Lang is traveling through the quantum realm, a fucking fireball or something shows up. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, it's, uh, we've seen it twice. I, I believe twice. Yeah. Right in uh, Doctor Strange, the Baxter Foundation, or at least the Baxter Grant or scholarship, uh, something Baxter was mm-hmm. referenced, and then you have the literal uh, Mister Fantastic showing up. So I. Yeah. That's yeah, true. It, okay, so like, mm-hmm. obviously the the fan reactions of having uh, John Krasinski play Mister um, Fantastic was like. That was like the guy for them, mm-hmm. right? And then they obviously listened and cast them. But once I got to see him in the suit, I don't think I don't know if that he was the right fit. Mm-hmm. In what way? Is he too like? Just because, like, well, John Krasinski just has like this forever, eternal looking face, <laughs> right? You right. know, and and Mister Fantastic was, was a little bit older and stuff like, and they uh... even put like gray in his hair. Which kind of just made him look ridiculous. Oh, that's a good point. Like, I, I, he does have a plus. <laughs> yeah, plus those fucking antenna ears he got. Antenna ears? I don't remember. Yeah, you didn't notice? Like, the motherfucker had, like, he was throwing up the bat signal or some oh. shit because those motherfuckers were out there. <laughs> I don't remember that. But, uh, <laughs> but thankfully, it's, well, I mean, I guess thankfully in this sense, uh, it's just a fan casting from what I've read. So he, it's, it's not going to be... be him down the line. Really, yeah, I feel like it, his casting there was a direct result from the fan casting on you know the socials. Yeah, yeah. that's interesting. I, I would imagine like John Krasinski definitely has the the star power. Mm. So like, if you already cast them in one thing, I mean, I guess yeah, it is the multiverse. Yeah, so. exactly. So we have a Spider-Man yeah. movie where you have Peter Parker, but three different actors playing Peter Parker. Yeah, didn't didn't they say that Sony's wanting to like you know do more with Tobey Maguire Spider Man and do more with Andrew Garfield Spider Man? I did read about that. Amazing Spider Man three, I think, is what something yeah. that they were thinking about. But not really. Uh... There, I also like. I think I like vaguely read or, or heard somebody talk about uh, the possibility of uh, Spider Gwen. Oh, I I I vaguely remember that, but that would be really cool. Yeah, that would be cool. Just like. If uh, Andrew Garfield Spider-Man went back to his his world, but not really, and it was one where uh, Gwen was still alive, yeah, and he's dead. as Spider Gwen, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that would be pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, that would. I mean, the Quantum Mania, so we're gonna see which lines they go to. Like we could, we need to see Miles Morales or or Venom even. Yeah, that'd be pretty interesting. Yeah, um, yeah. Captain America. New World Order? Yeah. Now, now, is this a film? Yeah. yeah. Okay, I, I kind of got the, the sense when they first announced it that it was going to be like a TV show, like a Disney Plus show. I mean, the characters showing up are from the Disney Plus show, so I don't know how that's going to work, I guess. Yeah. So, uh, Tim Blake Nelson, last seen in 2008, Incredible Hulk, is returning as the leader and presumably face off against Sam Wilson. The leader. I don't know yeah. much about the leader. All I know is that he's very smart. Yeah, I was reading it like the leader. The leader of what? <laughs> <laughs> Who are you the leader but of? I guess that's just the character. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
but I don't remember too much about the, the 2008 Incredible Hulk, but I do remember him becoming the leader when a bunch of, uh, I think, blood gets on his head and his head starts pulsating and he gets a big brain. Yeah. That's all I kind of remember from it. We, we're we seeing like the MCU embrace more of the uh, 2008 uh, Incredible Hulk, right? Because now in She-Hulk, there's the abominations mm-hmm. in it. Um, Thunderbolt Ross came back in the Civil War, you know, a few years right, ago. Right. Um, so it, it's weird that like they're embracing a movie whose character isn't in the <laughs> whose like titular character isn't in the MCU anymore, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I guess that's in the canon now, or at least that's the movie that they're gonna consider. That's the canon. Yeah, I saw somebody online post the like a the the multiverse we really want and it's all three hulks ang lee's hulk and uh edward norm's hulk and oh my god. and mark, oh, mark hulk. Hulk. <laughs> oh ang lee's hulk is just oh my gosh it's laffy taffy yeah. with uh with a, a face oh, on just, it yeah. just how green he was i forgot how green <laughs> i remember at once so neon he's right right he's neon green and he is he the one who threw a rock into the sky yeah, yeah. there was um he was sitting on on the ledge with the the love interest I don't remember her name it was played by uh Liv Taylor and then like the thunder thunder like uh lightning and then he like throw, gets up and throws a rock at it <laughs> and then I remember and then, the specter like oh he's throwing it at Thor like really I think yeah the yeah, he's just a stupid animal. <laughs> throw, throw a rock at, at a fucking. Yeah, it was um, it was dumb, and it, like this spawned a conversation we had a little bit before we started talking, where mm-hmm. it's like, I don't necessarily like that the Hulk being such like a pivotal a pivotal character in the Marvel universe, not just the Marvel Cinematic Universe, that he's being relegated to you know just somebody in the background. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, or. We've seen Mark Ruffalo do a fantastic job portraying the Hulk, and that character has had like in the time in the the movies he showed up, he's had like some progress. Mm-hmm. Like he was the you know primitive beast to a point where we knew that he that Mark uh, Bruce Banner couldn't was able to to control the Hulk because he was always angry, yeah. right? That was the big thing in 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 the first Avengers, and then uh, in Endgame, he's Doctor Hulk. Like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> yeah, it's like so like, five years. Yeah, I was experimenting and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, so like we it, the the discussion spawns so like why not give him a movie or a TV show and stuff like that? But we kind of came to the conclusion where it's like it's probably going to be end up being like the Black Widow film. Yeah, where the the time for that has passed already, and it's unfortunate because like like I said. Along with Wolverine, Spider-Man, the Hulk has always been one of the like the, the leading characters of Marvel. Yeah, exactly. And it's uh, it's you know I'm what I'm vibes I'm getting, uh, I'm getting Superman mm-hmm. vibes, and uh, it's it's yeah. not really as bad as DC's handling of Superman, right? But it, it's kind of neglecting the character, right? At least in exactly. DC they literally shelved him, <laughs> but in in, in Marvel yeah. it's. Uh, Right, he he couldn't turn into the Hulk because of Thanos, right? And that's narrative wise, sure, okay, whatever. But you know that they would go toe to toe, and then that fight would be epic <laughs> if a Hulk went. Yeah, and, like you know. that's one of the things that I, I was I was missing from Endgame because, like, for those of you who who've read uh, an extension extensive 
read into the extensive uh, catalog of Marvel Comics, you know, even though Thanos has beaten Hulk numerous times, he still actively avoids trying to fight him. So, like, I would have loved to have seen, like, a rematch in Endgame. Yeah, and it's... uh, It's... Oh, sorry, but it's... I'm just kind of... My mind's going everywhere now because with Quantumania, will we get that moment? Like a yeah, rematch? we're just chaos on a grander scale like, across multiverses, right? There's a there's a version where Thanos wins or something, or there's a version where Hulk goes insane and just you know, becomes Maestro or something like that. Yeah. You know, there's an opportunity to see that now, but uh, I do see that your point where it's 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 kind of you're wasting the character, I guess. Yeah, it's 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 unfortunate. And then like another thing that I would have loved to see, especially now that. Um, like they're expanding the the MCU with the acquisition of Fox is the X Men. I would have loved to see the There's fast fastball special. special. I was just thinking about that. Oh God, that would be great. That would have been awesome to watch. Yeah, yeah, but um, it's unfortunately it's panning out like we're probably never gonna gonna see that. Um, and I'm, not, I'm pretty sure there's like a whole fucking generation of, of viewers that like if we do watch it, they're just, just going to fall on death ears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping it doesn't become like a Black Widow situation. Like I don't want it to be yeah. just, okay, let's give him a solo movie. Like, you know, kind of bitter. <laughs> like, if, if they want it, <laughs> sure, why not? We'll give it to them sort of deal. I want the character to uh, to develop in a way. And from what we've seen the character go through now, it's going to be that. We're not going to see an origin, or we're not going to see him kind of growing up. We're just going to see him developing now. Yeah, yeah. It's like he's essentially like now become like the Oracle of the MCU, <laughs> right? right? Um, it, it it it. I feel bad for Mark Ruffalo. Hmm. Like obviously not as fucking bad. Like <laughs> it doesn't matter how I feel because the motherfucker got shit ton of money from playing the role. But we we didn't really get to see him portray. Bruce Banner in the Hulk, right? In a long form, you know, like he was in the Avengers, yeah, whatever, here and there, and some TV shows. But for him to like hold a movie, I, I, it would have been awesome to see. Yeah, and uh, I, I have faith. You know, it's uh, the next show, the next Fantastic Four, two thousand twenty-four, and that, that's two years, and that's far, that's way far away from where we are now. But after that, after Fantastic Four films, and a new slate begins. Then I have faith that they would they would have an incredible Hulk or some sort of like World War Hulk kind of film. Because you're right, they can't neglect these characters. And if other characters can get their own TV show or their own dedicated medium, then why not Hulk down the line? Yeah, but is it gonna be Bruce Banner Hulk? That's fair. I mean, it, is it gonna be Amadeus <laughs> Cho, your favorite, your favorite Hulk I, I, I of all time? I would love to see. Uh, I would like to see both. I love I love to see Amadeus <laughs> Cho as a TV show, but uh, a Hulk as in like you know him tutoring the next generation, and him trying to some yeah. from where we know from the Hulk is that we always want to latch onto his past in terms of development. So why not develop him in that way with another person who also has Hulk powers? Yeah. It's um, I, w- I mean, I guess they know what they're doing, right? They've made fucking <laughs> hundreds of billions of dollars. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> not phase four but you know <laughs> yeah phase four was was a rough one and and also the shortest one right? yeah yeah it only had four or five films 
Yeah, I think you brought that up, and I was like, "Really?" And it was, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a very short, it's pretty short. experimental. Um, yeah, we're um, hopefully phase five with Ant-Man kicks off with a bang. Yeah. Starts off with a bang. Um, Thunderbolts. I know very little about the Thunderbolts. How about so, you? So I'm glad you asked. Me too. Lay it on <laughs> <me>. <laughs> no, no, no. I, uh, I, I, I vaguely. Okay, okay. So, fucker, you got me. You got me. <laughs> so, from what I understand with the Thunderbolts, the Thunderbolts are essentially the Suicide Squad of Marvel. Right. Uh, I always thought I thought they were like Thunderbolt Rosses, like well, that. Like hit I, squad I think or that's something. why they're named. I don't know how it's Thunderbolts, but I think Ross is the one who assembles them. Right, yeah. so uh, Thunderbolt Ross, I suppose Thunderbolts, it makes sense. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, whoever's listening. But uh, from what I've read, a lot of these heroes are kind of, uh, I guess, anti-heroes to some extent. And majority of them have yeah, I'm seeing the, <laughs> killed I'm seeing the lineup, and you got Red Guardian, Black Widow, so it's going to be um, the sister, Winter Soldier, Taskmaster. So yeah, all of these have blood on their hands. <laughs> Yeah, well, and then you have Madam Hydra, who isn't called Madam Hydra, but it's Madam Hydra. <laughs> yeah, Allegra de Fort Fontaine, yeah. Valentina Allegra de Fontaine. It's a long ass. Right, it's very, it's very. And then I love that amongst all these characters, the only one who's really got it together in a way is a Winter Soldier. <laughs> that's true of all the characters and all the traumas winter soldier's like i'm yeah. the stable one <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was funny like in um black widow uh the red guardian was fucking uh, <laughs> was like harpening back to like his his high school football days or <laughs> that one time he fought captain america and might have beat him <laughs> <laughs> yeah um it's it well it's interesting yeah it, this is more of like the mcu dipping into their the toe of uh like their vast you know catalog of characters mm. um now see, like my whole thing was that like they chose the the avengers that they chose was because they didn't have the, the properties to fantastic four or the x-men right. but now it feels like they're they're embracing that the fact that they have like this vast array of, of, of characters that they could that they could uh, borrow from. Yeah, it's uh, it, it makes me mad at DC. <laughs> so when you bring that up, Be- wow. well, because uh, DC had it's where Marvel is now, right? The majority of Marvel's characters, yeah. Marvel slate, it's, it's all coming together, and it's becoming like you said, it's vast. We're not going to see another Captain America film because these characters are developing, and there's new other avenues to go. And then, like, you know, DC started that at the beginning. <laughs> so it's uh, it's cool to see and sad to see uh, what could have been with DC. But, yeah, Marvel, like he said, is definitely spreading its wings and flying and grabbing whatever it can. Well, I mean, let's not get ahead of ourselves because <laughs> <laughs> if anything that has come out this past year is, is to indicate they – don't really have it on the ball as as much as they used oh, to. See, I would call this the most experimental period in Marvel's history. Just because it failed well, doesn't mean I will not fail. But look at how branching off they went. I mean, like weird thing. How the biggest complaint from a scene in Marvel is like, oh, it's all textbook, and then you have films that are are far from textbook. Maybe not Shang Chi, but you know, far from textbook, and it's like, oh, we want to go back to the textbookness. I I, I can't handle the new stuff. Yeah, well, it's like I feel like they started off like so high, mm-hmm. 
on such a high where it's like the, the experimental phase. If it, if it didn't achieve those, those levels that it's all, it's the fans are only going to be able to consider it a failure. Yeah, you know? exactly. Right. It's so they kind of shot themselves in the well, foot. Is it shot themselves the foot? You bring it the, the good point that how do you top end game? And if you try to top end game, you're going to see it. It's worse than what it is or that the product is trying to compare it to Endgame. So might as well have a time where you can, you know, test the waters, go different avenues. Don't try to make something that's like Endgame, Infinity Saga kind of level follow up. Just mellow out and experiment. And, and Yeah, you have, you have a yeah. point. Like they have the they have the they, they've established themselves as a, you know, premier entertainment company now, the MCU. With with like the Captain America, Iron Man, like the the OG um, Avengers, and Endgame and all that stuff, but not, like now that they're pretty much done with that phase, they do have the, the the ability to experiment and to have fun and to play around with the characters and make shit up as they go along. But you you mentioned Shang Chi, and does it kind of worry you that there really hasn't been a, a talk about a sequel with Shang Chi? Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, that's a good point, and I don't know. Like we, <laughs> we saw, was it earlier, early last month? Mm-hmm. No, they they released the slate of films, and I didn't see Shang Chi on there. Mm-hmm. And then now with D twenty three, they didn't talk about Shang Chi either. Yeah. But there was Eternals two talking. Yeah, yeah was, which well, see, like Shang Chi befuddling. Yeah, Shang Chi is a I feel like is a character who's catching up. You know, it doesn't seem like his his origins was in the middle of what was happening in Infinity War. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like everyone disappeared, and it's it's a direct reaction to what happened. So maybe down the line, there will be because uh, from the end of, Inf- of of Shang-Chi, there were like inklings that he would appear in a with Bruce and Captain Marvel. Like, I think they recruited them or mm-hmm. something like that. So maybe down the line, like that, in in way we'll see him by himself, and then we'll see another. But I think what else was there? Eternals too. I got I forgot the other movies. <laughs> Was it Eternals, Thunderbolts, oh, no, uh, uh, Fantastic Four, four. X Men, Phase Four? Oh, I'm oh. just laying, I'm just naming oh, them off, okay. <laughs> <laughs> off the top of my head that I remember. Yeah, because uh, there's yeah, there's Eternals two is what at the top of my head is. What, oh, and then Doctor Strange, the Marvels. Yeah, a lot of these. Doctor yeah, Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness, another Phase Four movie. Yeah, yeah. It has uh, he doesn't have a C, he doesn't have a uh, another movie slated, but there are inklings that there will be a sequel down the line. At the very least, like a TV show, no? Yeah, but would you want Doctor Strange to be a TV show? Uh, I would. I would just want him to be like show up periodically to tie up loose ends. <laughs> like, hey, I'm here. Let me help you. <laughs> then go, yeah. yeah, let me just wave my hands around and do some shit. And, like, who I would want to see honestly would be Wong. Wong, the Wong verse. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the Wongverse. No, like give him like like a a fucking one season miniseries or something. You know, just. To establish, like, because, like, during the five-year period of the, the, the snap, he obviously had to fucking hold the ship down, hold the fort down. So there could have, something that could have happened. He could have fought his own villains and stuff like that. So I'm not saying go back in time, but, like, maybe there's repercussions of the of some whatever he did in those five years that comes back in Hansel. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, something that Marvel can do with the TV shows. I mean, we're getting a wolf by night. TV show, so why not? Why not Wong, right? <laughs> yeah, Werewolf by Night. It was just like, where the fuck did this come from? <laughs> I thought it was a joke. Like, <laughs> like we know that there's there's always like this 
super weird eclectic um title in any any uh you know any of the two major uh, uh comic book publishing mm. you know like we have the what if the zombies on the marvel side we have um on the dc side the like fuck i'm blanking on some but i it's on the tip of my tongue but anyways they're like one-offs essentially right, right? So like werewolf by night, where the fuck did this come from? Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I feel like it's just yeah the more darker side, niche side of Marvel that we're seeing. It's not that it that makes it suck, right? So when people hear niche, it's always like oh it's something that people it's it's just below bottom of the barrel sort of thing. But yeah. it, this feels like it's just something really good comic book people would know. You know what I mean? It doesn't feel like a one off. But it does feel like something that's within the comics, like uh, I don't know, King Shark before Suicide Squad. It's kind of like who's yeah. King Shark if they had a King Shark TV show. But yeah, it, it also doesn't get the feel of like an MCU property. Mm, yeah, that's a good point. Like it, it feels like this; it's its own thing, and you know they're taking advantage of now that we're coming into the the spooky month of the year. That it's going to be like this mixture of horror and comedy, and there it's even airing in October, which is spooky month. Spooky month. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but for for something like this, I would just hope that they lean more into like the horror of it rather than like, hey, look, look at this scary thing and joke, 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 mm. scary thing, joke, 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 joke. Yeah, you know? it's uh, the trailer made it feel like it's a class those classic monster classic monster films. Yeah, very noirish, and I I like that it's in black and white, and I hope that the whole show is in black. Oh, and white. really? Well, if it's like, cause like, there are things where, uh, like you go back in film history and into that noir period of film where it's like, it has a look and feel to it. Right, right. Something to where like like Logan, which was shot in color, and then they just put a grayscale over it to make it black and white. <laughs> It doesn't feel like it doesn't have that feeling of those old school films, you know. So like this, the trailer at the very least, the trailer does give that feeling where it's like lit so that it could be filmed in black and white. Yeah, it, that's a good point. It feels like black and white has just been synonymous. Let's just put a grayscale on it. But to yeah. approach a film or at least a TV show at this in this point in this case is uh, to approach it like a black and white film. That would be interesting. How they would do yeah, it? Yeah, see, like, oh. see, that's that's the one thing I would like that 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 would lend to the eclecticness of 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 the property. Mm-hmm. So that's something that if if they do like stick with the the black and white noir look to it throughout the whole series, and I feel like it would only just be better. Yeah, yeah, that would be, and it's just a six it's like six episodes, six episode run, I think. Something, Something like is that. very short con- comparing to the other Marvel properties, but yeah, yeah, it's uh, honestly I feel like it's gonna be comedy. <laughs> just, just the idea of it being a werewolf is ridiculous. Yeah, you, yeah. yeah and just seeing, like, I mean, granted, the Blade is he's essentially a day walking vampire, but mm-hmm. it, it's either gonna be very comedic to the point of kind of you're detached from the narrative in some way, or it will be that kind of horror film that has repercussions in the grander scale of the TV MCU. Yeah, that would be interesting if like fucking five years down the line we're watching 
some other you know MCU property, and then boom, fucking whatever happened in Werewolf by Night comes back and bites him in the yeah, ass. Yeah, right. Yeah, like <laughs> he sees it to Moon Knight, and Moon Knight has to go to I don't know Transylvania, and Wolf by Midnight's <laughs> there, thinking he's there to like kill him or something like that, and yeah. they fight, and yeah, it would it would make it feel like the world less uh, very wider, more world building, less relegated to these the Avengers characters, and more. A broader sense yeah this this kind of gets the feel that it's they're having fun with yeah it. the the property like i'm hoping that it's not you know <laughs> super fun and campy i'm hoping that they do lean into the horror more but at least it shows that they're they're not afraid to like to really be experimental yeah yeah if it has a purpose like you could call you could call phase four experimental but like they're playing with the same characters we've we've seen for the past 10 years yeah like, yeah, like how how exper yeah like how experimental can that really get yeah yeah it's uh, hopefully see it's experimental but it's gonna follow the same structure of all the Marvel films I, I do I hope that they don't and I hope it's experimental to the point where people are like this is weird <laughs> or something like what's going on or you know that kind of that kind of unknowability that oh this isn't a, this isn't a Marvel film per se yeah I feel like there was. There was another thing, another show out that was like that was out there, and it just so happened to be a Marvel property. Blade, <laughs> Modok. Blade. Blade, Blade is I forget Blade mm-hmm. is a Marvel property. Each time I see like a, a clip and how violent it is. <laughs> yeah, and like that's one thing we discussed a little bit beforehand too, and we've we've talked about it in previous shows. Like, where's Blade gonna fit into the grand scheme of things? Yeah, like his his you know character arc and powers and stuff seem very narrow to a universe ending event um yeah it's uh it, it's weird like we said we're talking about how they might set up like a defenders or a, what was it called the midnight suns yeah midnight suns yeah, like some sort of team to yeah think essentially supernatural <laughs> stuff <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> fucking Galactus is, is appearing. Is like ah, uh, this is way above my pay grade. Just <laughs> monsters and shit. Yeah, it's uh, see. Now my question is: Okay, we always bring up that. Oh, what are the defenders and low and world-ending events, right? So, mm-hmm. what would you consider Batman when Darkseid comes? In? Is it like, and he's human, and it's just Darkseid well, can Batman in a world-ending kind of like an army of parademon? The thing that Batman has is that he's you know, tactically, the the brain of the the JLA. So like, even if like they're he's combating like these you know demonic world-ending events, where he, what he holds over you know even over Superman is that his mind works at a level that just can't be beat. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, yeah. You know, like there's what what character can you say is tactically and as disciplined as batman in the mcu that's just so happens to be a human yeah yeah um yeah my tactics isn't the is not the question it's literally <laughs> on a field of like him and a thousand parademons well you and know as go. you know batman always finds yeah, a way. Exactly. <laughs> exactly no that's exactly it batman finds a way it's either he le- leans on his team or he finds some sort of tactic to go circumvent it right it's it's the same with the mcu yeah. in terms of galactus like everyone mm-hmm. has a purpose. The, the essentially Fantastic Four, Galactus, they build a machine that negates Galactus's power. 
Like it's, it's yeah. there's some sort of ability, some sort of team, some sort of plan that happens. And when world ending events do happen, everyone has a place in that grand scheme. To play. Yeah. Yeah, some are search and rescue, others keep the keeping the peace yeah. and while like the big the big guns are out there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you see <laughs> you see Batman is out in the streets and you have Oracle. Right? Or yeah. you have the support group and you have the, all that stuff and uh yeah, it's the same with the MCU. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. it. It just, it just, it just is just like because I guess it, for me, I'm speaking for me solely. Like I haven't seen like a <laughs> blade crossover with <laughs> with like an Eternal or some shit. Yeah. Whereas, yeah. whereas Batman, we've seen him, you know, defeat some of the more powerful villains in in the DC universe. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, and it's also potato potato, not potato potato. Uh. Compare, comparing apples to oranges, right? Yeah. Given the slate of characters DC has, you have to have them overpowered. And even though Batman is just a human, he is overpowered in his like, this is intellect, or that he's one of the perfect humans, if that's even a, a thing, you know? Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, the Marvels. The Marvels. So there's a director, Nia Da Costa. They showed a trailer, a teaser, and. They didn't really, um, uh, not not really. It's obviously not for um, <laughs> for the normies, <laughs> for the normies like us. <laughs> but uh, they showed uh, the three Marvels, mm-hmm. right? There's right. There's uh, Carol Danvers, Kamala Khan, which is from the Miss Marvel TV yeah. show, yeah, right? Miss Marvel, and then Monica Rambeau. Yeah, Rambeau. Yeah. I think she was from WandaVision. I think that's where she appeared. WandaVision. Yeah. Oh, the the. Um, the, the the sword agent turned turn sympathetic. sympathetic. <laughs> you sound so angry. <laughs> well, it's just like that character made no sense in that TV who's, show. Who Monica Rambeau? Yeah. Why? Because it's like, what what is your character arc? Like, what are you? Are you okay? You have this. You're blessed with this power, but you just want to talk to WandaVision? Wanda. Oh, no, she gets the power at the end, right? Yeah, well, yeah. Like, yeah, she was a. Uh, she was just angry i guess but yeah yeah it just it makes no sense uh it, it just it, it, it felt for me it felt flat i'm all again only speaking for for me myself and i <laughs> uh, but apparent <laughs> but apparently it showed the teaser showed them fighting together and you know saving the world and being badass bitches that they are <laughs> um do you have any interest in watching marvel the marvel yes yeah i i, I love Captain Marvel, I love Monica Rambeau, and I, I liked Kamala Khan. But I don't know how that's going to work out with all of them. I haven't seen all of them in one place. Yeah. <laughs> did you watch Miss Marvel? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Did. How was that? It was pretty good for me, myself, and I. For you. <laughs> for, for me, myself, and I. <laughs> but no, it's, uh, I like to see the cosmic sense of it from. Because like Carol, is, uh, she needs more movies uh not just the character but it feels like they're building her as though she's been there for years even though she's only had one movie so i'm hoping that this movie and monica rambo also also has ties with captain marvel but it it doesn't really get yeah isn't the 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 mom right is her um they were in the the air force together her and carol her and carol right yeah and that was the daughter but when the snap yeah. happened, you know, the spoilers for WandaVision in case, I guess. But yeah, the mom dies of cancer and mm-hmm. she's basically alone and she resents Carol because that's another, like the mother figure, another 
parental figure that's not there for her. And that's why she joins S.W.O.R.D. to be more aggressive and yada, yada, yada. So just to see the dynamic between those three characters and how different they are from each other, it's I'm interested to see. And the cosmic sense as well. Like, how does that work out? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, the Captain Marvel character or the Marvels in general, like, being essentially like these cosmic, uh, well, these humans that have the power of, uh, of the cosmos, essentially, is like, it's a very interesting aspect. Um, like you said, they do kind of need a little bit more to play with. Yeah. You know, we saw that one movie and then her just come in at the end of the, at the end of the end game. Uh, but it, it, I just feel like to me, everything surrounding like externally the film is a little too much baggage for me to handle. Mm. Like all the shit that Brie Larson's talk says and um, Kamala Khan, I'm sure she, the, the the actress who plays her, like she's just uh, this little girl having fun, Monica Rambeau. But for me, everything just hinges on Brie Larson running her fucking mouth and nuts, not knowing exactly what the fuck she's talking about. <laughs> I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like for me, that, that baggage is there. Captain Marvel, the first one, wasn't really all that great. It was really like, like a, a space filler. Mm. Like you need like this character is gonna be pivotal on, and we need to shove this this movie before Endgame. Yeah, it, it, which is the feeling I got. Yeah, I I just yeah I didn't I felt just eh. not not eh, like as in yeah. bad, but and eh, like oh uh, yeah you're because it feels like when Captain Marvel came out we were done during Origins, right? Mm-hmm. We're done, and this character who's supposed to be established already before everything else just felt a little. Uh, and and then she comes back in Endgame, and it doesn't it doesn't feel as cinematic as they made it out to be. Cause no, it feels, it's yeah. like, yeah, there's they're they're you know billing her as like the big savior, but she's barely even in the movie, and they only really she only really shows up for when the plot needs it to. Right, right. So it it seems that this the Marvels would be nice to actually explore her more. And give because it feels like Captain Marvel was trying to compete with uh, Wonder Woman, and mm-hmm. yeah, in, ter- in terms of you know the first female character to come back uh, to be in the comics, or really not the comics, the the MCU and the DCEU and stuff. Like that. So I don't I don't feel well. Like... Mm-hmm. No, sorry, no, go no, ahead. That's it. <laughs> oh well, it's just like you also have, like you said, uh, the, it was competing against Wonder Woman and DC for for the first time ever. They did actually did something good <laughs> which is uh, wonder woman the first one yeah and i feel like well especially for me comparing you know marvel's first female-led superhero to dc's first female-led superhero and it fell completely short yeah yeah i mean granted wonder woman does have its issues as well but it did the character more justice to focus on them and make them feel like that hero who would come off and save him. Yeah, and it was also like an origin story, but it was an origin story set in a time period that, for comic book films, like who would have fucking imagined? You know, like the go-to is World War Two, but you know they 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 the brainchild was or like the 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 brainstorming was like, nah, let's put set it in World War One. Yeah. Yeah, as much as that uh, five-minute scene was, it, it did feel like it is like, whoa, this is her, <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah, and especially like that scene, the the fucking trench scene where she starts, you know, she stor- storms the trenches where it's like this super heavy, like you can't do this, no man could go out there, and it's like I'm not a man, and fucking goes out and kicks ass. 
it's like that moment was missing in um, Captain Marvel. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, do you feel as though Wonder Woman it leaned more on how iconic she is? Because a lot of it, it's Wonder Woman. How can you not cheer for Wonder Woman? But Captain Marvel has mostly been an unknown, even in the comics. So do you feel like the reputation of what? the Wonder Woman film preceded her, even even before I mean, the movie? I mean, definitely. Like that, that's a fact. But that that also could have been like a major handicap because like the, the expectations are so high, and you the movie f- is a fucking dud. Then you can imagine how. It would have been eviscerated. It probably would have killed Wonder Woman. Did you have high expectations for the Wonder Woman film? Um, I don't want to say I had high expectations, but like that first trailer that dropped, it looked dope as fuck. Oh yeah, because I didn't, I didn't think much of it until I saw it. <laughs> Is it was it? Oh, I, I mean, that's the same with every Marvel film or just comic book film in general. Like, I don't get hyped up as much as most people do. Yeah, I mean, there's stuff that I like, and there's, there's stuff that you pique my attention and give me that little hype but like i'm generally in the same boat as you it's like i have to first watch it yeah i don't if it failed i'm be like oh another dc film <laughs> or something like that but it's yeah wonder woman it's the same with superman or batman could you really go wrong with those characters uh yeah <laughs> i mean yeah. considering how many batman films we've had so many or superman films i mean man of steel i don't care too much about it but people love it enough to have like re- bring them back or the Snyderverse or anything like that. Well, it's like with, with Batman and Superman is more so Batman is like probably one of the main reasons why he's had so many um, iterations mm-hmm. in film is that the character is just that iconic, right? You know, in every generation or so that comes a filmmaker that decides they want to give it the own take. Yeah. Like, you know, say what you will about Nolan, but for the longest time, Nolan's Batman was like the definitive film Batman compared to the other ones we've had, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then look at what Matt Reeves made. Yeah, it it seems like Batman is too easy of a character to make. You know what I mean? Because he. Well, now, well, yeah. Just in general. Because I just. Batman, like you said, Batman, Superman, the Holy Trinity, they're iconic that transcend generations. And say what you say about the other Batman films back in like Schumacher and and those eras, but they impacted a lot of people despite the, you know, the taste of it all. So it feels <laughs> like Batman, especially in the comics as well, if DC wants to top the charts, they make a Batman film, a Batman comic book. Because Batman's mm-hmm. just that easy to make for to make a movie for. So, back to Wonder Woman, it, I I feel I'm not like leaning like oh she's Wonder Woman. she got huge acclaim because Wonder Woman is a popular character. But some it does feel like that whole film if it wasn't Wonder Woman would it and it was titled something else like I don't know another African Black Canary or something like that <laughs> would it have a claim? Well, I just I just feel like. I just feel like like the word that you're using it's it's easy to make a Batman film, but like is it really that easy? Because like you look at, you know, obviously the Joe Schumacher and the the uh, fucking Norton. No, I know the other Tim Burton. Burton. Think yeah, I was Tim thinking Burton. about the other guy. Like, <laughs> the only thing that comes to my head. Yeah, like those films. Well, it's well. Let's start off with um, Tim Tim Horton. Mm-hmm. No, not Tim, no, Tim Burton. Tim, Tim Burton. Burton. <laughs> there you go, Tim Burton. Tim Horton's the dumbest. Yeah, that was no, like that Tim, sounds good. <laughs> Tim Burton, um, that was really like the first dark superhero movie 
like ever. Like you look at a Christopher Reeves and he was like the classic Boy Scout Superman. And uh, so when Tim Burton came around, it was like billed as like the super dark and edgy film. But like you, we watch it now and it's fucking laughable right. compared to like the Matt Reeves or the Christopher Nolan. Mm-hmm. So you, then you took then you look at Christopher Nolan, what Christopher Nolan did, and, and it's like he brought a sense of real realism to not just Batman, but like to the superhero movie genre in general. So as as the Batman films have progressed, I feel like they've one up each other to the point where it's like, is it really easy to make a Batman film? Because you have to consider like what's come before it. Right. See, though, I mean, that's... like how easy is how easy how easy is going to be for the next person to top Matt Reeves? Right. Even though there's another Matt Reeves, there's another Batman film coming out. I mean, it's it's yeah, but it, uh-huh. it's under it's still going to be under Matt Reeves. Right. No, but I'm talking about once Matt Reeves is done and over, how is the next person going to make something where it's like? Holy shit! This is a whole completely new, different take on Batman, and it's just as good as what came before. Well, exactly what you said. I mean, you saw Schumacher, you saw Nolan, you saw Matt Reeves. It's all these are different views on what who Batman is. So when I yeah. say it's easy to make a Batman film, Batman, dead parents, fight crime. <laughs> like that, that's it and then it depends on the view of the director you see batman the formula right you see batman as a uh, a, a campy go lucky dude sure you see batman as a super realistic dude sure you see batman as a super gritty more of a detective sure that you just need to do your own twist you see batwoman as a woman <laughs> that girl like it's it's there to some extent when i say it's easy to make it's it's definitely easy because what else do you deviate from other than just leaning on his strengths he's a detective he's a perfect specimen of a human being he's fought with gods he's fought against gods so when i say it's easy it's it's not that difficult to come with a character who has a checkered past like batman and do a twist to it and we've seen those variations we've seen batman at war we've seen batman before war we've seen and there's so many uh, variations of batman and i feel like it's a character that is able to be able to be morphed depending on who sees them creatively okay so i, I guess i'm just what i'm under i'm misunderstanding is the your term easy yeah i mean because like, because because mm-hmm. like so like well if if currently if i'm wrong what i'm understanding is is like just because the batman has so many avenues you could pursue as a character mm-hmm. that as long as you you know you do whatever aspect you do you choose to pursue like Matt Reeves the detective yep. um you know Christopher Nolan like that the person who dedicated his life the the man who dedicated his life to you know perfecting his his human spec like the, the human specimen as a body right so as long as you you like you choose and you you stay true to that and you're basically I don't want to say guaranteeing a successful no, Batman definitely. Film, but... Yeah, it depends on the talent <laughs> and the power and yeah, yeah, right. The, yeah, yeah. So okay, so I guess my my misunderstanding was in the the way you were using the term easy because like what I'm seeing is like it's not going to be easy to top what Matt Reeves oh, did. Oh no, no, it's it's yeah. like you don't want to top the person before you want to make something that is uniquely yours so it feels genuine. Right, you don't yeah. want it. So, like, say uh, Edgar Wright got the Batman property. You can barely already see which oh direction God. the Batman's going to be taking. <laughs> see, it, it's campy, yeah, campy, yeah. and that's that can be argued with all of DC's characters is that they're very mm-hmm. their ideals given form, and that yeah. form can mold into different things. And when I say 
making a Batman is easy. It just depends on the director. Yeah. Right? And and the mm, talent dope. and you know all the other production stuff. But it's uh, a character that can be, like you said, uh, I think you said before, this is the the philosoph- what's philosophers like our Hercules, right? Mm-hmm. Our Zeus, our our, yeah. God, our mythological, our mythos, our, our gods. Right. Exactly, and those have been taken so many forms. You know, you have Odin, Zeus. You have right. You have uh, what Mercury? Oh, gosh, I'm butchering it. But you have different names of the same <laughs> characters, right? Yeah, yeah. Without a doubt, there's like like a, a god in mythological, like ancient Greece, in, in the Norse mythology, or like to to the more modern uh, parlance of our times, where it's like they're essentially the same character, right? They've just evolved and retrofitted to to fit the needs of whatever civilization just so happens to be worshiping them at that time. Right, and with Batman, it's Batman has easily mirrored social social repercussions, right? Especially yeah. with Matt Reeves' Batman. God, it's so much to do with like cops and you know the downtrodden, and then you have the Joker, which also mirrors that mm-hmm. to some extent, and then you have Schumacher and uh. Uh, Edward Norton, no, Edward Norton. Edward Norton. <laughs> uh, Tim, Tim Burton, because I was thinking of Tim Hortons. <laughs> Tim Burton. Yeah, see, and then like during that time, Batman was a happy-go-lucky bro, but now you have Christopher Nolan, and you know. You know. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, back to the conversation <laughs> at hand. The um, Captain Marvel the compared to oh, yeah, Woman. Captain Marvel compared to Wonder Woman. Yeah, Wonder. it's. I just feel like. I just feel like DC and Patty Jenkins more more so than anybody understood the importance of making a like right off the bat a, a like a good representation of Wonder Woman. Yeah. And maybe the success of Wonder Woman kind of maybe threw a little monkey wrench into the plans for Captain Marvel. You know, maybe you could make that argument. But I just feel like as a as like a, a round a well-rounded character representing uh, who she actually was, obviously Wonder Woman was leaps and bounds way over yeah. Captain Marvel. Yeah, and it's it's hard it's sad to say because I don't on top of my head I don't uh, I don't remember a Wonder Woman esque character in Marvel. You know that that kind of iconic character that you see other than maybe Black Widow, but Black Widow has her own baggage as well. So seeing uh, um, Captain Marvel's film kind of not it, it, it yeah it's it's exactly what you said. And Wonder Woman is is years if not decades if not centuries ahead of Captain Marvel. And yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of like a, like this uh, a, a Marvel equivalent to Wonder Woman, and the the, the closest I can get to is like uh, Storm or oh that's a good point Storm yeah, yeah but that's X Men and they're iconic in their own way as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so yeah, it would have been cool to see Storm take out that ship. <laughs> that <would've... laughs> that but cool. yeah, it's uh, Captain Marvel. I, what I'm very indifferent about, very I'm on the fence about, is that they're making her character be this big character, even though she's just one movie in, and it doesn't feel yeah. like in the comics she's been there for years, and it makes sense. But here, it's not really a good translation from the comic uh, to the movie. They're trying to make her be the, like the Tony Stark of the new phase. Uh, I could see that comparison, yeah. Or yeah. just the main female character, right? Like you said, we don't have any much female characters in the MCU, and she they're they're really pushing her to be that you know, that that main character to have, but they're rushing her out of it. That she's not able to develop in her own unique and more 
uh, organic way. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, but yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Secret Invasion. Secret Invasion. It's got his first trailer. TV show. Disney Plus 2023. Nick Fury comes back. Samuel Jackson. Sold. Like you sold. said, this. <laughs> yeah, sold. Uh, like you said, this show seems like it's stacked. Yeah. In, in the talent, in the cast um, department. Yeah. It, it, it's <laughs> like, oh, goodness. It's, yeah, it is stacked. Yeah, it's, uh, it, which is surprising to see that Samuel Jackson would want to do a TV show. Essentially, yeah, know? that's true. Which is like we've known Samuel Jackson like the decades he's been in 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 the movie industry as somebody who does like he's been a Jedi, he's been <laughs> an Avenger, he's been fucking a whole shit a shitload of things. He's he was in the um, fuck what's the uh, Incredibles? Oh right, like, yeah, he was Frozen. Yeah, he was. <laughs> so like to see him like I'm not not diminished the the was it the fuck the word is. Diminishing, there you go. Diminishing. I knew there was a sh in there somewhere. Uh, not, not to diminish like the the Secret Invasion TV to the TV show or anything, but just like it feels like Samuel Jackson is synonymous with movie, with film. You know, like TV, like theater, yeah. Rather than streaming on a streaming platform. Yeah, that that's a good point, and I, I feel like even, a lot of these characters, though, I feel like really you're here. Like even just just Ben Mendelsohn, like yeah. just Ben Mendelsohn and like Olivia Coleman and Amelia Clark. Maybe Amelia Clark because she she's starting off and she's branching her out, right? But like yeah. those characters do feel like it seems like Secret War or Secret Invasion is a little small fry for them. Yeah, you have like some fucking talented um, talented actors like Amelia Clark. You Clark, you might say like, oh, she doesn't really have that much of a of a you know movie uh reputation behind her but she was in game of thrones and you know it's hbo right it's not tv it's, it's HBO. <laughs> yeah. yeah um what's in what's interesting is that don cheeto like it, it, after this trailer dropped uh, it came out that don cheeto's uh, contract with marvel was pretty much over yeah so do you think they're going to uh, n knowing how notoriously cheap marvel is with their actors do you think they're going to uh you know, pursue Don Cheadle, or do you think they're just gonna cut him loose? Uh, they're, they're gonna pursue him. They, I feel yeah. like they have secret see, uh, armor wars in development. Yeah, and he, apparently that's his 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 movie. So, so maybe another five years, <laughs> five years, because he has to be contractually obligated, right? And mm -hmm. uh, it's, uh, I, I'm hoping Rhodey was given more justice now. You know, get more screen time as War Machine. Yeah. What if they bring back Terrence Howard? Terrence Howard as a variant? No, yeah. he hates he hates the MCU as much as I would love to see that. <laughs> uh, he just yeah he hates MCU. But does he hate the MCU because he was replaced? Uh -huh. No, money so money like, reasons. Money, yeah, wise, money yeah, reasons. I get yeah, you. So it's like yeah he wanted to be the main character in Iron Man two I believe, mm -hmm. and you know you're you're a war machine Iron Man and stuff like that you know. Yeah. So it would be. But the. Uh, go for well, it. I was no. gonna say. I mean, if anything's possible, enough money, and enough dump truck money to get him on board. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, and what's, what's most like, what super supersedes everything is that it feels like Don Cheadle has fun making that, working with the MCU. Mm -hmm. 
um, like that that character War Machine was always like secondary ancillary to Iron Man. Right. Like it was always considered Iron Man's um, sidekick, essentially. Now that Iron Man's out of the picture, we need somebody in the the robot suit. Yeah. And that that is War Machine. So I'm hoping that Don Cheadle sticks around. He's he's I think he was, he did a fantastic job as a character. And like you said, they're they're leading up to Armor Wars. Yeah, it's the one thing I, I like. Uh, if, no, I'm not like I love <laughs> I love that the MCU. It feels like a lot of their talent come back, and it, it takes it takes a lot for especially award-winning actors and actresses like, uh, not, not um Robert Redford, and mm-hmm. you know I forget the one who was uh who was ain't the ancient one, I uh, Tilda Swinton. Swinton, you know, all these these very high list A list characters to return to reprise their roles like I money wise yeah I could see it, but I feel like they're at this point in their career where they can choose. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So, like, to choose, like, hey, yeah. let me just be there for five minutes and bank $25 million? Why not? But just to show up yeah. and, you know, uh, even Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, that's true. That He was, like, the first one, yeah. right? The first, like, <laughs> massive fucking classically trained actor to to, to portray uh, a character in the Marvel Universe. Yeah, he was there for a while. I mean, he was there in Thor, Thor 2, uh, Ragnarok to some extent. Ragnarok, Yeah. yeah. So I love that they uh, they take care of their talent enough for them to consider coming back and seeing how stacked uh, Secret Invasion is, especially like Olivia Coleman and Martin Freeman coming back. Uh, it's probably in their contract, yeah. <laughs> but to have like Amelia <laughs> Clark and Olivia Coleman, the actors that I love to see portray characters that I, I'm interested to know more about, I'm I'm all for it. Yeah, and even even like the 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 story of uh, Secret Invasion is like. Was it at the end of uh, No Way Home? No, Far From Home. Uh, Whichever one of the home was. The middle one, I think. Spider-Man. Yeah, the middle one. one With Mysterio. It was revealed that basically, you know, Dick Fury, Maria Hill, and everybody around them were scrolls. Scrolls? Yeah, scrolls. Scrolls? Scrolls. So to to, to open this trailer, having Nick Fury, like, hunting down, essentially, the scroll, is like, which Nick Fury is this? (laughs) <laughs> the, the, the trailer does a great job in like having that underlining paranoia and yeah. like, not just it's a spy film it's from the people who bought who made born supremacy uh the born a uh, born movie i forget i didn't really see which mm-hmm. one but the the underlying tone of you know spy espionage is there and coupled with a kind of a science fiction-esque paranoia it's like who is this? Like, are you? Like, I could just see myself when this this show comes off, yelling like, "Stop with the lies! Just show me who's <laughs> real!" Stop. Yeah, it's gonna. Well, I'm pretty sure it's gonna end up being like whatever. However, the show ends, it's not gonna be the true ending. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or is it? Dun, dun. Yeah, is definitely. It? <laughs> yeah, so that's definitely. Uh, uh, Secret Invasion is definitely going into the. Uh, must watch column for me. <laughs> um, Loki season two. Loki season two. Summer twenty twenty three. I would have imagined that they would have come out like would have done it yearly. No, for or Loki. Like their shows. Well, not not necessarily the Loki, but like we didn't get Loki this this year, but we got it last year, early last year. So it's basically it's going to be two two years in between shows. Yeah. 
Yeah. So do you think that's like a strategic thing, oh. waiting for more of like the, the MCU, like movies to pass and the story to progress? Oh, yeah. Or is it like contract negotiations and shit oh. like that? <laughs> uh, I feel like both, just because, you know, both? films and timing and stuff like that, but also how how Loki season one ended. I feel like it's mm-hmm. something that, it's especially with the Black Widow debacle. Like, the Black Widow had yeah. to be released this time, then COVID happened, and then everything was pushed around. Now it was released, and it didn't really make much sense. So, with like, Loki, yeah. I, I see that being the same way, that something happens in Loki Season 2, and uh, it, 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 it reverberates throughout the thing. Oh, also, what a bunch of BS for them saying that there's not going to be a Loki Season 2. Did you remember I mean, that? True. It was like, oh, yeah, it's going to be a one-off. And then... The, the ending of it, there's a cl- obvious cliffhanger. Like, okay, you guys are just just bringing me for a ride. Fucking with us. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I feel like that would be... Well, I feel like everything that, that comes out of, the, you know, the executive's mouth should be taken with a grain of salt. Because, yeah. <laughs> like, if it makes money, you know they're going to fucking... <laughs> They're going to mine that well until it's dry. Yeah, same with Moon Knight. I mean, Moon Knight, yeah. even Moon Knight left it a cliffhanger as well. And then they said that, oh, yeah, Oscar Isaac might not come back. It's going to be one-off. Like, all right. Yeah. It's, it, yeah, it, who the fuck knows what's going on. But, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see, like, because of how the, the, second, the first season ended, where he wasn't really, or Loki wasn't really in his you know, proper timeline. Mm. And the um, the time stream being degraded to the point where like King, the the one who remains, gives up and hands hands the reins over to um, it was Loki and the who was the chick uh, was her name Sybil Sylvie Sylvie yeah right and then like uh, she re- uh, um, uh, fucking what's it you remains turning her back oh, on okay. yeah turning turning her back on on that and leaving it all up to Loki. So, like, like you said, it's such a fucking massive cliffhanger <laughs> that <laughs> it, it would have been completely obvious that there was going to continue making the story. Yeah, and uh, considering how Loki, the first episode, was a monkey wrench into the whole Infinity Saga, I yeah. remember the Infinity Stones are basically paperweights. <laughs> so, I, I hope that they bring that forward in Season 2, where it's so out of the box and kind of insulting that you, you can't be really angry with it. <laughs> yeah. I like the, 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 the aspect of like throughout all the universes, the one, the one uh, character essentially that always caused trouble was Loki. Yeah. <laughs> he was the he was very, he was the constant, right? Different versions. Of yeah. Him. The constant. Yeah, yeah. I love it. That was awesome. Uh, uh, moving on Echo do you know anything about Echo? not at all character? (laughs) not Not at all 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 I know is that she can uh, she can copy your fight style and that's about it so welcome to the TV verse isn't but isn't that also like Taskmaster? Taskmaster? I think Taskmaster right? I think I think Taskmaster literally copies but I think Echo it's uh, like uh, like that's why her name's Echo I guess because it's just kind of like no, that's a good point. <laughs> that's a yeah. good point. I'm, I'm saying the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it says here in the description of the uh, teaser that they showed uh, D23 that uh, Wilson Fisk showed up yeah. with an iPad. Yeah. Which is interesting that they're per- they're taking it that that um, 
the character into into like that avenue. Yeah. Um, the fuck Wilson Fisk? What the fuck's his monochrome? Oh, Kingpin. Mm. Kingpin. Yeah, there you Kingpin, go. Yeah. Yeah. He's back. I um I love the actor who's King who's Wilson. Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah, Vincent Vincent D'Onofrio yeah. is fantastic. I like I like him a lot. Yeah, amazing. Uh, Daredevil, Born Again. Born Again. So this is yeah. <laughs> this is the the Disney Plus show that so far is the the longest running, right? Because it's reportedly going to be eighteen episodes. Yeah, which is a lot already. And uh, yeah, they still haven't started shooting, so there's no footage out there. But uh, there was a big uh, hoopla made about when uh, Disney, the rights to the Disney Netflix movies reverted back to Disney, and they basically said that we're going to continue using the characters. Yeah. Which everybody got excited about. Um, I'm not watching She-Hulk, mm-hmm. but uh, apparently he plays a, I don't want to say significant, but a pretty decent role in it. And you actually get to see him in the suit. Yeah, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, yeah you, they haven't, I haven't seen it yet, but from what we saw in the trailer, yeah, he shows up, but also I feel he's going to be a, a defendant against She-Hulk. Because, she, you know, if in case you didn't know, <laughs> Matt is a lawyer. Yeah. yeah. So, turning at law. Yeah. Daredevil, born again. <laughs> All right, that pretty much wraps it up for Marvel. Now let's move on to Lucasfilms and Star, Star Wars. Wars. <laughs> so the first, the first big major thing that was released was uh, Andor. Mm. You know the Andor t- uh, t- trailer that came out. Uh, honestly, like the week of D twenty three, right? The the week prior. Yeah. Yeah, the week of, or it's very close to it anyway. I remember you yeah, saying and <laughs> the, the, the trailer. The, the trailer, yeah. And there's a uh, little more information about where in time in the time timeline of Star Wars the Andor takes place, and it reportedly it takes place five years before Rogue One. Mm, okay. So that's gonna be, uh, you know, pretty big rebellion, heavy. <laughs> what do you feel about the trailer? Uh, uh, it looks interesting. I'm not gonna lie. It's like um, I'm kind of glad that Star Wars has made this shift into TV rather than film. Yeah, yeah, same. Yeah, there's way more time for you to play with. There's way more time for you to flush out the characters, and there's way more time for you to get experimental. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely something. I mean, TV just by its nature is uh, allows all these storylines and something as big as star Wars does lean into that. Yeah, very much so. Do you see a star Wars um, movie? Will you be in the yeah, horizon? The horizon? Like, especially with the TV shows and, you know, would you go to a theater for like two hours or would you go home and watch the, the Mandalorian for like six or six or eight hour? Intervals? Yeah. I would much rather, I would much prefer to watch the Mandalorian. Yeah. It's um, I just like I feel like the, the 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 Skywalker saga ended on such a sour note that to unless they do some something radical, which I know we already know that they're not going to do because they <laughs> we they shelved the Rogue Squadron, right? But unless they do something along those lines, something that it's like you say nostalgia is bad, but like something that captures the the the, the interest of you know our some of uh, the, the fan base in our age where you're like, why not do a Knights of the Old Republic? Mm. You know, why not do uh, Rogue Squadron? Something that where we've already like 
those were video games in our youth. We played them. Let's see a live action adaptation to them. Yeah. And it doesn't necessarily have to follow the same storyline. Yeah, it's it's gonna be especially like you said, but also comparing it to it. Like as long it's gonna be hard detaching itself from what's happening in the, in the start. Like something like Knights of the Old Republic, sure, it's like a hundred years on ten thousand years before prior. But it, it does have to have those certain conventions that make it Star Wars, you know. Yeah. And it's going to be difficult, especially coming from Rise of Skywalker and the Skywalker saga. How do you make a film to follow that up? When it, and it's 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 hard to ignore the lure of nostalgia. Like, nostalgia is a good thing. Yes, I, I give you that. But w- when it's something that, uh, that perforates the narrative to it being just like a direct copy then it's a little diff- it's just difficult with star wars you know yeah i mean there's a, yeah like i feel like they would have to go into the under- with the understanding that to appease every fan it's not going to happen you know and then <laughs> there's also detriment to that because you could be like ruin johnson who just doesn't give a shit right right see but yeah. But I feel like there there is plenty of rich, you know, like either lore, history, you know, be it fan-made or accepted canon that they can borrow from where you can, you know, construct a decent, worthy of a, a theatrical release Star Wars project. Yeah, it, I don't see that, in my honest, I don't see that happening anytime soon. As soon in the future, sure, right? Five or years, five yeah. or ten years, whenever... You know, nuclear winter ends. Comes and goes. It goes. <laughs> but it's, uh, I can, uh, the TV landscape, I can see for greatly, or I, I can see it, right? You know, I can see where they're going with it. I can see how it can be developed in some way because you have eight episodes rather than just two hours. But when it comes to the movies, it's, it's, it's very narrow. It's very, it's, yeah. very, it's very narrow, especially, like you said, fans obviously don't listen to what the fans try to make something new, but it's hard to do with legacy characters like Star Wars. Like, how can you not tie it back to an, another event or another like another instance within the trilogy proper? Like, the, the, the new The Gun trilogy with Force Awakens died when it tried to compare itself to the original trilogy. Like that was the point. What say what you say about Ryan Johnson or Rise of Skywalker or even Force Awakens? It died when it tried to compare itself. So how do you not compare itself, but also garner fans, but also make something new to not alienate them? And it's just yeah. I mean, I guess we could both come to the consensus that they should probably just stick to TV. And that's <laughs> that makes me so <laughs> sad. Even though it's probably what Lucas wanted, wasn't Star Wars supposed to be a riff on uh, Flash Gordon? another tv serialized show now we have star wars on the tv so it's but okay so like let's say they do uh an eight episode arc of uh you know x x star wars Mm. so like why not air the last two episodes in theater as a like like a double feature Mm. so like have a well you still yeah you still get like that star wars you watch like the first five episodes or however long it is but the last two first they're released in theater and then you can watch them in in um via streaming if you so choose so yeah it's that that would be an interesting way kind of get a bite of you know a, bo- a bite of of the apple f- on both sides you know? yeah it's but see that comes with its own collection of issues like why do i need to go out and go to a movie theater 
where I can just wait for it to go on. No, or I, like, they could I'm, follow. I'm thinking of more of a focus of a, like an experience made for movies alone, not something that is a like a hybrid. I see where you're coming from, but something a, a Star Wars film that is just made for movies. You know that experience. Do you ever feel like that experience is, is either long gone or just gonna be difficult to replicate or even expand upon? I mean, it's it's definitely gonna be difficult to to replicate. Like um, the 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 thing that we you know we shit on Ruin Johnson for ruining <laughs> the saga, but what what he does what he has shown is that once he has characters that are completely like new, essentially without the baggage, he could construct a pretty decent story. Yeah. So like maybe even though he ruined it, maybe the salvation <laughs> rests on his shoulders. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny, right? It, he does, like you said, give credit when credits due. Uh, when it's an individual property, he does fine. But when it's something that yeah. is in between or based on someone else's, then he's gonna go whatever he wants, right? That's just he. That's yeah. who he is as a director. So give it to him at the beginning would be something interesting because he would take it on an avenue that is not not shackled by fandom and nostalgia and expectations yeah it's 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 weird it's it, it's a sad like state of where star wars is at the moment like it's something that has been pivotal to our childhood to our childhoods and and you know, to pop culture in general but like be relegated to the small screen <laughs> is like even though the small screen has become a massive uh, avenue for you know decent or, or pretty good character development a story being able to still your flush out your story completely and stuff like that like it still has that slight stigma yeah especially like you could consider that star wars was one of the first blockbusters ever yeah yeah mm. it's uh maybe our time is done your time is done, old man. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of old men, Mandalorian. Mandalorian. <laughs> Mandalorian season three. Uh, they released a teaser. You said that this was the same teaser it, that you saw at Star Wars Celebration? Yeah, or Some no? of it was, but there's some new footage that I don't recognize. I didn't, didn't okay. see that. So that was the, That's cool. the Mandalorians attacking. That was, a, that was new to me. New to you. All right, that's cool. Yeah, so uh, it pretty much looks like it's going to pick up right after uh, season two, where uh, midway through season two, or Din, right? What's the Din, fuck's Din name? Din Jaren. Din, yeah. Din Jaren gets uh, ostracized from the Mandalorian cult. Yeah. I guess you could say because it, it's like it, it was. It was like an offset, right? Yeah, it's essentially. It's yeah, it's a it's an offset on an offset. So the Mandalorian yeah. culture split from the you know the diplomatic, peace-loving people into the warrior caste, and uh, that's not that's not saying a lot from the Mandalorians because all of them are warriors. So uh, the <laughs> Night Watch, yeah, they split and they honored more of the extremist views of Mandalore, and after they got wiped out uh, during the Clone Wars, uh, the children of the Watch, which is if it's if the name hasn't suggested, it's it's their descendants or at least their foundlings that uh to some extent yeah so he gets banished from the the cult because he removed his helmet and it was told that the only way to be able to regain your honor essentially was to bathe in the water (laughs) in the waters in the caves and underneath the the nuked surface yeah where the fuck right (laughs) such a quest and that that 
Yeah, that pretty much set up the story for season three. Yeah. And it looks like it's going to be exactly that. It's going to be exactly that. One thing, this is just me, but I, I did not like that they set it up already. Because <laughs> for me, it's like, why do you need to do that? Just be your own man. Who cares what this cult thinks? You know, like the rebel I am. So, like, just do your own thing. Yeah. But lo and behold, yeah, that's exactly what he's going to do. He's going to become a Mandalorian, I guess. And uh, Yeah, it's it, it's good to see that uh, devout... Uh, no, what's it? Uh, a zealot? Strict devotion. No, strict devotion. <laughs> strict devotion to ideology transcends space and time yeah. <laughs> it pisses me off so much because i i i didn't know i thought I was like okay cool he's, he's gonna do his own thing right but nope he's gonna go do exactly what she said and hopefully on the way to his journey to become part of the cult again he realizes oh they're a cult the fuck am i <laughs> yeah, doing <they're> a cult. <laughs> yeah or what am i doing and stuff like yeah. that uh, and it's also interesting that uh, including the aspect of the dark saber, mm. or like when when in season two when they met no season two or one uh, season two season right season two right yeah was... yeah season two when they meet with um, Pokatan or Bokatan she basically lays out the 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 lore of the dark saber yeah where it's like whoever he who holds the dark saber rules over all the Mandalore or some shit. Yeah. And uh, she's all p- pissy at him because she wants it. Yeah, and that's went to. And it's funny though. It, yeah, it, it's funny though because in that scene, he could give two shits about having the um, the dark saber. Yeah, he's like, here, take it, and she's like, no, I don't want it. I have to beat it off of you. Basically. Yeah, pretty, pretty much. <laughs> like you can't give it to me. So it's so weird because he doesn't care about their beliefs, but he cares about his own personal beliefs. You know, like you're uh, not. That sounds familiar. You're not supposed, right? You're not supposed to take off your helmet. Oh, but lo and behold, don't give the saber that symbolizes the the, the ruler of Mandalore. Yeah. And then again, Mandalore which, is just a nuked out planet, so it's like, what else are planet. you? <laughs> which I honestly like the uh, the Beskar saber that he had. Mm. It was kind of a shame that, like, in the first episode of season two, he hands it over to the armorer and she melts it down. <laughs> Was that even season two? Wasn't that Boba yeah, Fett? Yeah, that was. Wasn't that Boba Fett? No, that Fett? was. No, was it? Boba I think Boba it was. Remember yeah, when? Yeah. yeah, it was. Well, it's basically. Yeah, it was. It was Book of Boba Fett. Mandalorian two point right. five. <laughs> yeah, Mandalorian two point five. <laughs> Man, that's crazy. <laughs> no right. What were they thinking? But yeah, it's interesting. But yeah, he melts it into um, a shirt, basically. <laughs> into a shirt, yeah. What? Another thing that's a little a little bit of a bummer mm. is that this this isn't isn't premiering until 2023. Right. Right. Yeah, next year. Yeah, because like that the feeling of having a Star Wars property come out like Christmas time just lends a little bit of magic, like a little additional magic to the season. Yeah. Yeah. It really but does. it looks like. It looks like this this time around it's going to be the first time in a few years that there isn't a uh, a Marvel uh, not a Marvel a Star Wars property. Yeah, it's it's sad because uh, I remember where I was when I, the Force Awakens trailer came out and my dad was from the Philippines. And I think we we were at uh, Panda Express and then I was show I showed him the trailer and like he watched it multiple times <laughs> while we're sitting there <laughs> for uh, Force Awakens. Yeah, I remember when Force Awakens trailer dropped. We were in uh, college together, and 
we did it and ripples yeah um all right uh to end our ahsoka ahsoka but uh we apparently they showed a little teaser but they didn't show anything for us it's coming in 2023 is into the show yeah they so it's the trailer they showed it was from celebration if i remember uh so Ahsoka is not a character I'm all that familiar with just because she her origins are in the animated shows mm. and I didn't really watch the animated shows. Mm. But seeing her in live action in season two, which was pretty dope. Yeah. So season two or one? Two, right? I yeah. Think two. Season two, yeah. Season two. Yeah, because yeah. it was a Jedi. Kinda, it's kind of, yeah, the Jedi. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of, wait, 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 wait. Season two. She also appeared in fucking Mandalorian 2.5 then, right? Yep. Because when he goes mm-hmm. picks up Grogu. Yep. <laughs> God damn, it's such a fucking blur. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, he goes to the planet where he's building the Jedi Temple. And he goes to sleep on a bench. And then she's just standing there like, hey. Yeah. yeah. You're back. Yeah. Uh, skeleton Crew. Uh, Story group of young leads lost in space with Jude Law. I'm sold. Exactly. <laughs> Jude, Jude. <laughs> See, speaking of Marvel shows, Jude Law, jeez. Yeah, he was uh, in Captain Marvel. That's right. I forgot about that. Played like one, of, like played the general or like the c- commander yeah. who trained her, yeah. and had her believing that he was part of the good people, right? Yeah. 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 Hopefully, it's not yeah, the same yeah. role here, where he's uh he's training a new group and he's uh, a bad guy. Yeah, there's um. Although I, I kind of like Jude Law as a bad, as a villain though. Yeah, that that's fair. That's completely fair. It's might be because he's British. It's, it's, I was gonna say, you know, the other character I was gonna say who uh, who's pretty cool being a bad guy, uh, who plays Vision, Paul Bettany. Oh, uh, Paul Bettany. I love seeing him in a bad in a bad guy role in a solo. <laughs> say what you want with solo, yeah. but him in that role was was great. Yeah, uh, Star Wars Bad Batch season two. Did you watch uh, Bad Batch? No, I didn't. And uh, funny story, at Celebration they released the trailer for Bad Batch. This trailer, I believe, that they they showed, and it it spoils season one. <laughs> yeah, really? So I was in the, I was I was like I think I was the only one who was surprised on scenes that they were showing in the trailer. <laughs> so I'm sitting there like, whoa, that happens, and I look around, and like, some people looked at me. <laughs> <laughs> I, was so, I was like whoa what that person dies or whoever so... yeah uh, so Bad Batch is an animated t- uh, show it's gonna start in January 4th which is fucking wild because we're almost done with 2023 yeah 2022 I mean yeah right you're already one foot in it yeah, yeah. I'm already over 2023 <laughs> Uh, Tales of the Jedi, which is interesting because it follows the uh, the the story structure of uh, Visions, yeah. which is like each episode it's a one off. Yeah. But this one is more ingrained with the actual you know Skywalker saga lore. Yeah. Right, because we have episodes on Count Dooku, we have episodes on um, uh, fucking what's his name? What is it? Qui Gon. Yeah. 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 So it seems like it's six episodes, but each uh, three might be. Like a Ahsoka season, I guess. Like the three is Ahsoka and the three is Dooku. Because that's what I felt yeah. with the trailer. It felt a lot like it's Dooku, but also people around him. So like you said, Qui-Gon's in there. Young Qui-Gon Jinn. Uh, Mace Windows also. Mace Windu. Yeah, Mace Windu as well. And Yaddle. <laughs> Yaddle's there too. <laughs> that's funny. 
Yeah, these are these animated shows. Like, uh, I know you you probably still haven't finished watching Visions, <laughs> but I like the concept. The concept of you know every uh, every episode is produced by a its own production company, and they said that they were going to do a Vision season two, and they were going to expand it even more so. Like like last the first season of Visions was solely uh you know japanese anime style of uh animation but now they're they're thinking about making it like a more of a worldwide thing yeah just fantastic yeah it's amazing it's like and and it's awesome it would be awesome to see like the different like the influence that star wars has had on different parts of the world exactly yeah exactly i I just when they announced it and that it was going to be different parts of the world i was excited just because uh, we've seen, for the majority of sake, especially where it's inspired from, Japan, right? And that's what yeah. season one of the majority is uh, set in. So just to see the world affected by Star Wars and what it means to people. And hopefully we get yeah. one that's music-related, where they play uh, a guitar or something. Sure. <laughs> let's, 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 let's do that. <laughs> but a different culture. <laughs> <laughs> um young jedi adventures this is an animated series strictly peddled to children, children right yeah from what it says yeah even yeah it says they're preschoolers but it's like it kind of feels like if if anybody under like the age of eight or nine i guess it would be like good watch for them no yeah. especially it, pro- it could probably be like a good uh jumping in point for star wars yeah exactly exactly like yoda's in it i think i'm looking at the image and it just looks like everyone's having fun yeah <laughs> that's funny like go from this to like the tragic like fucking order 66 horrific shit <laughs> yeah order 66 <laughs> yeah it's, uh, it's gonna be a good jumping point if any is there any good jumping yeah. point for marvel now i think about it uh, Marvel Babies. No, Marvel Babies. <laughs> it's like here's Black Widow's kid. It's like what the f- wait. <laughs> <laughs> Jumping point for Marvel, mm-hmm. uh, like comic book wise, well, I guess or just someone who wants to get into it, not just for comic books, because for this the Young Adventures, it's obviously for kids to jump to more mature stuff when they get older. So how about for the MCU? Yeah, I would say uh, you would have to do some like look, seek out the the animated shows. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Especially like the old, older, like the '90s X-Men or the '90s Spider-Man, something where it's like you get an introduction of a version of those characters, mm-hmm. and if they peak you enough, peak your interest enough, then you could go out seeking, you know, the comic books. And just because, like, if you want to direct somebody to a comic book, there's so many comic book <laughs> stories, so many variants, so many variations, and right. it's like how it could it could feel overwhelming. Yeah, you know? yeah, definitely. Like Spider-Man alone, there's like the Amazing Spider-Man. Spider-Man. How many fucking Spider-Man? Spectacular. Spectacular. Spider-Man. Yeah, superior Spider-Man. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like for and and on the DC side as well. Like for me, my jumping my jumping in point was Batman the Animated Series. Yeah. You know, it all spawned from there. It's a cartoon. It's like it's it gives you the fundamentals of who the characters are, uh, and and if it's like your in, your interest is peaked enough, then you would pursue in and maybe read like the spectacular Spider Man or the Amazing Spider Man, right? Or you know, so yeah, it, it, I feel like it's a good move to make uh, a, like a super super like toddler friendly uh, Star Wars project. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, are they going to water down the lore so much 
so that it's digestible. Probably. <laughs> probably, yeah, probably right. honestly, it's <laughs> going to be the most basic of basics if it's going to be uh, in that saying, which is fine because if you come from that show, from the Young Jedi Adventures to like the Clone Wars, that stuff gets pretty heavy and it's a little digestible, mm-hmm. like teenager stuff. So it makes sense for this to be, you know, under teenager stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm looking at what else we got, and it looks like pretty much like the nerd central heavy thing is the Lucasfilm. Yeah. Lucas. Uh, Indiana Jones 5. Yeah. Harrison Ford, once again, saddle, saddling up as Indiana Jones, which for me, it's like. The man is almost 150,000 years old. You gotta give you gotta give him a fucking break. Yeah, yeah. It's this is definitely he's gonna be his last one because he's yeah he's gonna take his plane and flight somewhere and then crash again like he did with Star Wars. <laughs> I wonder, like, remember the, there was a period of time in um, in Han Solo's career where he's like, I want all of my characters to die. Yeah. <laughs> do you do you think he feels the same way now? And do you think it's going to happen to Indiana Jones? Uh, no and no. I feel, yeah, because no no. I feel like uh, he's he just leaves it alone, I guess. Because it's like when it comes to Rise of Skywalker, he swore he wasn't going to come back, but that that but that was for Carrie. Mm-hmm. So, but it's same with Indiana Jones. It feels like uh, how much how long did it take for them to convince you to suit up for Indiana Jones Five? And it's like this is my last. The last one last came. The last one came out in 2008, right? The Crystal Skull one? Crystal Skull, I so. yeah. I'm not entirely sure. I don't memorize that. Yeah. No, you don't remember. It's just a blur. It's just a blur of Shia LaBeouf screaming. Yeah. Well, like, for sure, something that happened in his life that, that changed his attitude towards, you know, the fandom was when he had those two, uh, two or three airplane accidents, yeah. right? Like, I remember watching videos, interviews of him beforehand when they would ask him like oh who do you think shot first and he'd be like who the fuck cares (laughs) (laughs) and then like post those post those interviews he was still like a little crotchety old man but he played along with it a little bit more yeah yeah like there's this um for those of us for those of you who who never watch or gave conan uh, conan o'brien a uh an honest shot on his late night tv show (laughs) There was there was a, c- a scene he did with one of his um, producers was like, is like a gigantic Star Wars fan right and he had like a Millennium Falcon oh. a Lego Mon- Lego Millennium Falcon that uh, that he wanted Harrison Ford to sign and then Harrison Ford drops it <laughs> in front of him right in oh, front of him yeah exactly yeah and then like I remember that he also did another um, late night show appearance I think it was with Kimmel. Mm. Where he was like, oh, they were interviewing him, and then Chewbacca shows up, and it, it, it like they started saying about how like Chewbacca fucked um, her, uh, Han Solo's girlfriend or wife yeah, or something. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> he was my, she was my girlfriend or something like that. Yeah, she was my wife. Damn yeah, it. The fur balls were huge. The fur balls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And looking at him be emotional for for Indiana Jones Five and not be as crockety. Uh, I'm optimistic of Indy being retired. Yeah, that's a character that unfortunately is so ingrained in Harrison Ford that to like pass on the mantle or something is just going to be extremely difficult. Yeah, 
definitely. Like who who now has that charisma? Has that Harrison Ford charisma? Yeah. And what do you even call it? I mean, like you're not gonna call it Indiana Jones, and you're not gonna like say, "Hey, you're Indiana Jones now." Jones. Yeah, Jones. Maybe, maybe that's a good point because same with Creed. I guess yeah. Like Jones. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, it's like if anything, it kind of feels like this movie, you know, might be a passing of the torch for the next generation. Yeah. Um, I was reading the the synopsis here, and it's uh, Temple. Well, it's basically his granddaughter, right? right. No, his goddaughter, right, from Sala. Uh, yeah. yeah, and uh, so maybe she's like she becomes the next. Hey, I want to be be the adventurer like uh indiana jones was yeah but like like i said how are you gonna like what are you gonna name it yeah it's uh like see i like you said jones i definitely could see it but also it's it's or indiana no that's kind of (laughs) Indiana. (laughs) it'll be difficult because like using ghostbusters afterlife as a example at least you have multiple people who uh who can tutor the next generation right you have you have ernie hudson right right Dan uh, Hunter, yeah. Dan yeah, but you have Ernie Hudson, who's a bigger part in Afterlife than he was in the original two movies. But so, yeah. how do you do that for for the next Jones? Because even with Creed, you had Rocky, and it wasn't until what I think Creed two that he was by mm-hmm. himself that he didn't have Rocky with him, or is it Creed? Well, or is it yeah, Creed three? No. Because there's one. The Creed three hasn't come no, out. Creed yet. three, okay. No Creed two, because Creed two felt like he was just by himself training and rocky wasn't as a big part as he was because in creed one he they were very intertwined in terms of narrative yeah and so in this one when it comes to the next movie with helena i how do you have will indy come back but in a more supporting role and tutor her or i don't see that's the thing i, I don't know so like because there there really hasn't been like a like a legacy character established along alongside indiana jones you know like asala but he's old as fuck too. <laughs> yeah, he's more so, of a character, and yeah, Marcus is dead, I believe. Yeah. yeah. So like, how are you gonna like th- th- that? Those characters, those group of characters, were so like fundamentally singular uh, with of 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 themselves. Where it's like, if you're gonna want to pass the torch, there really isn't anybody there to do so. Yeah, yeah, and if it is, it's gonna be very difficult, honestly. Uh, out of the legacy properties that are okay for me getting shelved, I feel this is okay to end it here and not make a scene. Yeah, with I mean, they probably should have ended after the third yeah. one. But yeah, <laughs> I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, well, at least there's room to develop in the fourth one, as much as Crystal Skull is, right? But like you said, it, the actor's age is is catching up with him. Like in Ghostbusters mm-hmm. Afterlife, you have so many people you can rely on. He had four geriatric players. Yeah, just leaning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Standing still. Exactly. Like the afterlife is gonna lean less on them, and then the next movie is just gonna be by themselves. But when it comes to Indiana Jones, it's uh, it's difficult to see that with Harrison Ford. Like, hey, can we have you in a supporting role to, to you know, show up and cameo a bit or something? Yeah, that was. Um, yeah, I mean, like, look at what they did with um, Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. Mm, you know, yeah. they, they had um, Blade Runner 2049, 20, 20, 20, 20, I don't know what the fuck it was called. Something like that. Yeah, something nine, where they they had uh, another, essentially, Riker, right? That was his name in the, in the first one, where it was a cop. Mm. And it just so happens that 
he gets tasked in doing the exact same job that Harrison Ford was doing in the original. Yeah. So, like, there isn't that, there like, what, he's going to be, like, are they going to get another adventurer? And then, and then all of a sudden, like, he's just doing the job that Indiana Jones was doing? Yeah, but see, the thing for that is that it's a profession. Yeah. You know I mean, like, being a Blade Runner is as synonymous as just being a cop. And it just so happened the mm-hmm. person he was hunting was the person from the previous movie. But, like, it just Indiana Jones, like you said, is, is it going to, how will it be to pay it off? Uh, but I feel like we're just thinking too much of it. <laughs> but <laughs> it, it is going to be a difficult way. I, I would be content in them just kind of... Because, like you said, Indiana Jones is synonymous with Harrison Ford. And to move forward without Harrison Ford, and given his age, and how much you need to... How straining it is to be, you know, jumping around and doing a bunch of flips and all that stuff. We don't want to have something out of Ghostbusters Afterlife where they just stand in one place and you can tell that they can't do those extracurricular <laughs> things that they used to do back in the day. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, it's it's exciting to see another Indiana Jones film, mm. but at the same time, it's, like, kind of reminds you of your own mortality. Oh, yeah. Like, your, your heroes, your the, the people you grew up worshipping and idling, well, not the people, the characters you grew up in, and idling, like you, idolizing, you're like they're they're people just like you and me, and you know time makes time wins. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, our time's done. <laughs> our time, yeah. Because at some point we're gonna yeah. look at, I don't know, uh, the next Indiana Jones or Ghostbusters, and it's just gonna be, uh, it's not gonna be tailored for us anymore. No. I mean, you could probably make the argument that the last Ghostbusters wasn't really tailored for us. No, you take that back. <laughs> all right, let's uh, finish with Willow. Willow. Did you ever watch the original Willow? Uh, not at all. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> but it looks cool for the trailer. Sure. Um, I remember, like, I remember. Obviously, it came out way before I was even born, but I remember hearing. Like, people discuss Willow and being like, oh, it was like this fantastical, like, almost Panth Labyrinth type of type of film yeah. that just didn't work. Right. So, like, why? But it, it obviously gained, like, a cult following. Right, right. Which is, I guess, why you would go back to that well. But it's just, it's just like a weird fucking out of the out of the, the blue thing to, to make, no? Oh, uh, yeah. I don't know, man. If it's something like it has a cult following, I'm not surprised. You know what I mean? Because it feels but like Rocky Horror Picture Show has a cult following. Would you ever want to see a sequel to that? No, not at all. But that's Willow and Rocky Horror Show are completely like for Willow. <laughs> it being a cult following, it feels like that's it influenced generations. I guess same as like yeah. Hot Fuzz and and Shaun of the Dead. Right? It, it, it's a cult following, and you definitely don't want to make a sequel out of them. But it, it is no denying its effect on pop culture. Yeah. And I don't know Willow, but from what you've told me, it feels like Willow was in that sweet spot to be a cult following, but also be as memorable as hell enough to warrant a show. <laughs> I, it just it just seemed like... I remember when they announced that they're going to do a Willow, or like reboot Willow, it was just like, like, why? Like, there's so many other properties that you could have possibly like done that... Or given another shot, it's just like Willow just seemed like out of left field. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I don't know either with with Willow, especially even with uh, like see for example Cobra Kai. 
I've never yeah. watched the Karate Kid, and you've never I've seen never the Karate, seen the karate Kid. Kid. So the nostalgia is is lost on me. So yeah. when I see it coming back from this old movie that wasn't really that big of a hit, then I'm like I'm not surprised when I see Willow hitting that you know that sweet spot of nostalgia, whatever it may be. <laughs> But the Karate Kid was a hit. Was it? Yeah, it was a smash was hit it? in the eighties. I have no idea, yeah. dude. I haven't watched. Sweep it. the leg. <laughs> it feels like a lot of. I, when I think of smash, I think even was Terminator a smash hit, right? Terminator was a smash hit, right? Yeah. Yeah, like Terminator. I think of that or RoboCop or uh, like Indiana Jones, but I don't think like oh Karate Kid. Let's make another. <laughs> well, I mean, it definitely like fell like. Compared to like the mega blockbusters of the eighties, like like you said, uh, uh, RoboCop or Terminator, Predator, you know, Predator, it kind of right. definitely did fell under the radar. But it, like, there was a subset of like you know preteen teenagers where they were still riding that high of like Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee, yeah. Where it, it, it came, it came, you know, karate came came and became a, a cultural phenomenon. Mm. So maybe it's the same with Willow. Maybe at some point everyone. Wanted to be magical. Uh, it makes it makes you sound like I'm making fun of them. I don't know the show, but it seems like yeah. it has those vibes where uh, you want to escape and be somewhere yeah. else, or you want to be in this world where it's fantastical and not as downtrodden or something like that. Well, yeah, um, yeah. That's that's. I mean, it's it's puzzling. I, I we should probably watch Willow, <laughs> like the original film, and see what's up. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> but yeah it's just that was just the property that when they announced they came out I was like that makes no sense <laughs> yeah alright then uh, yeah, I guess that was our show for this week our D23 spectacular yeah fireworks I've, fireworks explosions and Mickey Mouse suing uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've been your host like always Joel accompanied by my good buddy Ernesto <laughs> and thank you very much and we'll see you on next week take care like, share, subscribe. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. For show updates, follow us on Subfleck and Twitter. Links are in the description. You can find new episodes weekly on whichever podcast platform you swore allegiance to.